Welcome. You're listening to Faith vs. Weight with Maria Bauer. Maria is a former U.S. Navy Health Information Systems Officer, current health and wellness coach, and author of the book, Faith vs. Weight, reminding you that you already have victory in Christ. As a National Academy of Sports Medicine certified personal trainer specializing in weight loss, fitness nutrition, behavioral change, and women's fitness, Maria is also a former Live Strong YMCA cancer survivor trainer. Now, here's your host, Maria Bauer. Hello and welcome. I'm so excited to share week one of the following seven-week podcast series with you based on excerpts from my book, Faith vs. Weight. Inspired by the Word of God, Faith vs. Weight is a proven and practical health and wellness program that has helped many, just like you and me, achieve our weight loss victory. It's time to talk about your energy, how to get more of it, especially if you feel like you don't have any, and how not to waste what you already have by introducing our first biblical virtue of the week, prudence. Prudence is asking yourself, what is the most likely outcome of what I'm about to do before you do it. Proverbs 27.12 says, A prudent man sees danger and takes refuge, but the simple pass on and suffer for it. Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol has a character known as the ghost of Christmas future who shows Scrooge how miserable the end of his life will look like if he continues down his current greedy path. Scrooge desperately wants to know if it's too late, but this ghost ain't talking. Fortunately, Scrooge gets his answer when he wakes up Christmas morning to another chance. Everything looks different, even though nothing has changed. Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. John 3.3 I don't know if Scrooge was born again, but I do know that by Christmas morning, he saw things in a completely different light, boldly headed in a new direction full of energy. Why so much energy? He was inspired. He realized that by changing his current choices from greed to generosity, that he could not only save what was left of his own life, He could save someone else in the process. Instead of applying this concept to greed, imagine what it would be like if you had a visit from the ghost of Christmas future concerning your health. A few pounds today after one too many special occasions or pity parties can lead to obesity and disease tomorrow. You might think of your family history and hope to avoid a similar fate. Scrooge was fortunate enough to wake up to a second chance. Since you woke up this morning, you have also been given a second chance. It's not too late to change your choices, but your future is closer than you think. As a matter of fact, it is one day closer. My goal is not to scare you, but to remind you that time is a finite resource. I cannot tell you how often clients have told me it happens so fast when talking about their weight gain and that their number one complaint is that they have no energy. I'm here to tell you, Unless you take the offense today, when it comes to your health, you will be playing defense tomorrow with even less energy. So which future is it going to be? Do you want to live a life that is inspired with more energy to love or not? Too many of us are settling for much less. I recently had a phone conversation with someone who spends $1,000 a month on diabetes medication. You may think, whoa, that's not me. I only have 10 pounds to lose, or I have better insurance. 
Maybe your blood sugar is just a little high, not $1,000 worth. Believe me, this person did not start out paying $1,000 a month. The price has gone up in more ways than one. Instead of blaming the medical community for our healthcare woes, we need to recognize we are getting what we demand. We are basically saying, give me a pill, shot, etc. so I can still have my cake and eat it all day too. How did we get here? There is big money to be made in keeping you addicted to sugar, fake sugars and processed carbs, and then selling you the meds so you can eat some more. Why stop there? Why not buy into the illusion that a candy bar is healthy by throwing in some protein and renaming it a protein bar while increasing your sugar addiction? Now you're talking. Although I often hear that diabetes is really not about sugar, it's true that it is linked to excess weight and inactivity. However, what is causing this excess weight? It is not coming from eating too many vegetables. Besides inactivity, in most cases, it is coming from too much sugar or processed carbohydrates that quickly turn into sugar. Whether it's excess weight, diabetes, or other health issues, they all rob your energy. Before you panic, thinking this means you could never have dessert again, there is a small dessert on the Faith versus Weight plan every single day on purpose. No one is going cold turkey, but there are certain guidelines that will make life a lot more enjoyable. The goal is for you to control the amount of dessert instead of the amount of your dessert controlling you. In order to be able to do this, we have to first learn how to better manage your overall energy. When it comes to energy, I want you to picture a triangle. At the tip of the triangle is your spiritual energy. At each corner of the base is your emotional and physical energy. Spiritual is at the top because not only is it the most important, it also affects your emotional and physical energy at a profound level because your spiritual life affects every single choice you make. So we're going to start with the spiritual. As your physical energy is affected by what you eat and drink and whether or not you exercise, your spiritual energy is affected by whether or not you spend time with the Word of God. If you ignore your spiritual needs, you are not only starving yourself of inspiration, you are ultimately negatively affecting your emotional and physical energy as well. Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, Matthew 4.4. So what is the most likely outcome when we do not prioritize our time with God? Since this verse describes the Word of God as a type of sustenance necessary for life, it's not just a nice thing to have. We are compelled to continue to search in order to satisfy this very real, valid hunger, hoping to find relief as we look for it in everything and everyone else. The point here is we need Jesus first to satisfy our souls more than we need another diet. A diet is not your destiny. No matter how much or what you eat, your diet will never satisfy all of your hunger. If you want more energy and are tired of wasting the little you have, start your day with the Word of God. Prudence is satisfying your first hunger by starting your day off with the Lord. Because inspiration is a form of spiritual energy, it propels you forward. Your inspiration is your heart's desire or your prize. Many people spend their whole lives chasing after inspiration, 
but never seem to find it because they are not looking for it in the right place. Since most confuse motivation with inspiration, you may think it is something you can buy. This is because someone is always willing to sell. If you pay for people or things to motivate you, then you will lose the weight, right? Yes and no. How many devices, apps, online programs, diet books, trainers, or gyms do we need to prod us along? Yet our problem is getting worse. A diet is not your destiny. Although these tools can make a difference, motivation is based on external circumstances. Instead, inspiration is internal. Inspiration creates circumstances even in the most hopeless of situations making things happen in spite of your circumstances. This is not to say there is no place for motivation. As a prior Navy officer, I was motivated to be fit in order to get through enlisted boot camp and officer training. But like all motivation, it was temporary. 25 years later, I make healthy choices because I am inspired. No one is making me do it, yet I go out of my way on a daily basis to seek out opportunities to eat healthy and exercise no matter what situation I am in. This is what I want for all of my clients. Only the Lord can inspire us for the right reasons. Since the word inspiration literally means God breathed, once I was born again and started getting serious about reading and listening to the Bible every morning, I have not had a single day where I have had to ask God to inspire me. If you seek him on a regular basis, he will inspire you. He will satisfy that first hunger. Once you are inspired, it is much easier to change whatever behaviors are blocking you along your particular path. In terms of behavior, ask God to reveal what needs to go as well as what should replace it. Ask for his strength daily. That means one day at a time. Then, in order to be successful, you must apply the common sense God gives you instead of jumping on whatever the latest diet craze is. Inspiration without common sense is like a ship without a rudder going around in circles. In order to be headed in the right direction, we have three questions to answer. Question number one. What is going to be your number one reason why for wanting to walk away from the endless temptations that are right in front of you? Because my friend, that is what will make or break any weight loss program. Your inspiration needs to be bigger than a donut. It needs to feel like a prize. Not getting specific with your reason why is the reason most people fail at their weight loss efforts. The reason why you want more energy has to be inspired by God, not your skill. It might look something like this. I want more energy to love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, and might, which will come from setting aside the time every morning to read and or listen to what He has to say to me. I want more energy to love my neighbor as myself. In your life, that may mean to love and invest in quality time with family and friends, to love being more active with your children or grandchildren, to love more fully participating with your church, neighborhood, and community outreach, to love showing your children not only is it possible for you to get to a healthy weight, but it is also possible for them to be healthy, 
to love getting off of unnecessary medication because your doctor has confirmed they are no longer needed since you have made the necessary lifestyle changes. To love starting your own business, going back to school, or pursuing whatever God-given dream it is that you have abandoned because you felt you did not have enough energy to make it happen. There are a lot of reasons to love having more energy. Question number two, what plan do I have in place to get more energy? What is going to help me walk away from the temptation right in front of me that robs my energy? How will I walk away from that donut? This is the second reason most people fall off the wagon when tempting situations occur. Either they do not have a plan or if they do, it is unrealistic. You will learn to practice what I call preventative eating so that you are not fighting hunger while also trying to lose weight. Question number three, how are you going to make any plan work with your current schedule? We need simplicity. People are busier than ever, which means we need easy access to more energy, not less. You will be given a simple plan, but if you want transformation, you will need to be patient. Quick fixes that didn't work are what got us into this mess in the first place. Apply observation instead of condemnation, which basically means pay attention and stop beating yourself up. Beating yourself up over your choices wastes more energy. If I were drafting a contract, this is where I would get you to sign on the dotted line. Remember to walk with the Lord. It took a lifetime to get here, so do not expect someone else's results who has been eating healthy and exercising for years to be yours in the first week. Listening and applying what you have learned from each week's podcast is where the transformation will take place. It is only a matter of time. Each week, you will be reinforcing a positive outcome as you have access to more energy spiritually, physically, and emotionally. In the meantime, every single day and before every meal, you can set the short-term and immediate gratification goal of more energy. First, pray before you eat. Then, ask yourself, Is what I'm about to eat, drink, or do going to create more energy or suck the life out of me? Losing a large amount of weight may seem like a pipe dream, but having more energy after your next meal instead of less is a blunt reality. When you start succeeding and then fall off the wagon, it smarts. Use this pain to remind yourself it is not worth it and then imagine your next victory. The good news is you are only one meal or one walk away from it. If you are convinced you cannot teach an old dog new tricks, consider what happens when you get a job promotion. You learn new habits. You don't quit your job in the first few days because you are not a pro at your new position. Within a few months, you can do your new job in your sleep, but you had to start somewhere. Think of your healthy new lifestyle as a promotion. If Scrooge can change, so can you. Now, let's talk about what will not change. The Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13.8 The characteristics of real food also stay the same. An avocado is still pretty much an avocado. Because God created real food for us to eat, this plan is based on real food. That is not going to change. This means all bets are off with our processed food supply. The standard American diet, sad, is like playing Russian roulette. 
Even processed foods that claim to be healthier for you typically are not. The halo effect when applied to food products is when we assume an entire product is healthy because one or two healthy ingredients have been added. I call these food products pseudo-healthy. In my opinion, pseudo-healthy foods are public enemy number one. Why bother eating real food when you could just buy a shake or a bar advertising omega-3 and fiber that tastes like a chocolate chip cookie? Fake healthy foods are one of the fastest growing markets in the food industry, and I believe they are keeping America fat. Even if a product has natural ingredients, like fruit, the sugar content is usually through the roof because it contains fruit juice, which is fruit minus the fiber, or real fruit, but often not in the amount nature intended. Fake sugars can be even worse than real sugar because you really do not know the effects that fake sugars will have on your ability to control sugar cravings, let alone your health, because sugar substitutes are often multiple times sweeter, even the natural ones, than real sugar. They keep the taste of sugar in your mouth, often causing more sugar cravings in the long run, not less. Just because something claims to help with weight control or blood sugar does not automatically mean it is healthy or that it even works. The halo effect can also apply to real food. Although dry roasted nuts are healthy for your heart and may have no added sugar, they are still high in fat. Because you can easily lose track while eating them, why not buy 100 calorie bags of nuts or make your own? Grains are another food category that can easily be overeaten. Just because brown rice and steel cut oatmeal are real whole foods doesn't mean they will not negatively affect your blood sugar, causing you to crave more carbs or sugar, depending 100% on the timing and the amount. This doesn't mean you will never eat starchy carbs again. However, timing and amounts matter so that you are not creating cravings instead of satisfying them. The halo effect also applies to health food stores. In most cases, the products sold have healthier ingredients than the processed stuff. But a cupcake, my friend, is still a cupcake. You can have a mini cupcake for dessert after dinner, but realize it is still a cupcake. Something does not qualify as a health food based solely on the fact it was purchased at a health food store. Prudence is deciding on the timing and amount before putting sugar or starchy carbs on your plate. More on this later. You'll be a pro before you know it. So after all that, I will now tell you, you can have whatever you want. Really. The Bible says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful for me, but not all things build up. 1 Corinthians 10, 23. One of the main points I emphasize with my clients when I teach classes is that they can eat whatever they want, as much as they want, for as long as they want, if that is what they really want. I then have them visualize an all-you-can-eat stand on an ocean boardwalk. It looks exactly like the ones where you buy funnel cakes. The aroma is wafting through the ocean air. Can you smell it? I tell them that all of the items are free and their favorite decadent foods are there and will never run out. I then ask them to picture themselves in front of it, sitting with their family, eating as much as they want at their current weight. We then fast forward to another option of them alongside the same oceanfront with their family listening to the seagulls on a sunny day, breathing in the salty tropical air. Can you smell it? 
Except this time, they are not sitting. They are all racing toward the ocean, laughing and running right past the funnel cake stand. This time, they can't wait to jump in. They have been eating healthy and exercising regularly for the past year, bursting with reclaimed energy. Their children are so excited they are joining them for some fun in the sun because for the first time, their parents are at peace with their bodies. Now tell me, which option do you really want? I think you can guess which of the scenarios my clients select. The first point here is that what you think you want in the moment is not what you really want as your destiny. The second point is that no one else is in control of your eating habits. No one has the power to make you eat or not eat. You can't even blame this one on the devil. Do you blame a diet, trainer, or somebody else as a reason you can't have a certain food or why you are overweight? This mentality is what is keeping America fat. It is time to stop blaming others for why you are making certain choices. If you remember, this is exactly what the invalid did. He blamed others for him not being able to be healed. Making better choices is not a penance because it leads to a reward. Own it. This is why identifying with your prize is so important. I'm happy to eat healthy and exercise. It's your choice. Stop blaming and start reclaiming. Do you want to be healed or not? No temptation has taken you except what is common to man. God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above what you are able, but will, with the temptation, also make the way of escape, that you may be able to endure it. 1 Corinthians 10.13 When I am tempted, I think about how I am going to feel after I eat whatever is tempting me. This has become a habit. I basically ask myself, is this going to give me energy or drain it? In other words, what is the most likely outcome before I do it? Since I really don't have time to squander my energy on a sugar roller coaster ride, this works for me. I also may hit the play button on a Bible verse in my head, and I tell my clients to do the same, choosing a scripture quote that reminds them of their why. Here is one of many. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. John 4.34 There is a lot of work to do, and I need all of the energy I can to do it. Now, that tempting thing really does not look so tempting after all once I am reminded of my reward to have more energy to serve the kingdom. I am happy to pass on the sugar coma. My inspiration, otherwise known as my heart's desire or prize, is way too big to have inanimate objects suck the life out of them or me. The Lord created humankind to have dominion over all things. It is not the other way around. This applies to all addictions. At 52, I am an older mom with middle and high school age boys who are involved in a dizzying array of activities. I am also married to an active husband who is almost four years younger than I. Also, like many women my age, I am blessed to be able to keep close tabs on an aging parent. My cup runneth over, and just in case I thought I could catch up on sleep some Saturday morning, we also happen to have two very energetic Australian shepherds. I can't afford to be in a food coma. I can't afford anything that robs my energy. What about you? 
So now that we are on track to spend time with the Lord daily to get the inspiration or spiritual energy we need to satisfy that hunger, what do we need to do in order to satisfy our physical hunger? What is the perfect diet? There's an old joke about exercise that also applies to diets. Question, what is the best type of exercise? Punchline, the one you will actually do. The same thing applies to healthy diets. A healthy diet only works if you will actually follow it. So we have to start somewhere. Jesus met people where they were. However, he did not leave them there. Here are seven tips that will ensure your success. Tip number one, starving equals stuffed. Skipping meals and snacks may seem calorie-wise, but it's actually pound-foolish, especially if you skip breakfast or go hours without eating. Before lunch, dinner, a workout, or a social engagement, you will always eat more and store more as fat when you finally eat if you are starving. Any food item can go from temptation to craving when you are starving. The reason most people fall off the wagon is that they are thirsty, not hydrated, or that they went too long in between meals and snacks and then grab slash crave whatever is in front of them blaming it on their hunger as if they had no control over this at all. The best way to take responsibility and stop being a victim is tip number two, preventative eating. Eat many meals and snacks. This keeps cravings at bay. You may still be tempted, but you are no longer craving whatever is in front of you because you will no longer be starving. Preventative eating involves three main ingredients. Number one, lean protein. Number two, veggies or fruit. Number three, a plant-based fat. Don't worry, you will hear these same ingredients again. But just to recap, number one, lean protein. Number two, veggies or fruit. Number three, a plant-based fat. Just make sure you only add 100 calories of plant-based fat, like guacamole or nuts, to each meal and snack. You can pick veggies for your meals and fruits for your snacks. As for fruit, your best picks are low glycemic options like berries. Have this three main ingredient combination with its endless variety every few hours and you will also squelch sugar cravings. When it comes to dinner or after dinner, you will add one more ingredient to the above and that is a starchy carbohydrate plus a 100 calorie dessert. We will get to a sample menu before this podcast is over. But first, tip number three. Keep it simple. This doesn't have to be fancy. An afternoon snack may consist of, number one, a protein, maybe a string cheese. Number two, a low glycemic fruit, maybe a green apple. Number three, a plant-based fat, 100 calories of nuts. Simple. This is a way better idea in the late afternoon than trying to think of something complicated and just skipping your snack altogether. And another reason people do this is because they're trying to save calories. With this afternoon snack, you will not go into dinner starving and we'll have a much better chance of avoiding that cookie that is staring you in the face at three o'clock. Why? Because since you had an afternoon snack, the cookie is now a temptation instead of a craving. This enables you to go to tip number four, save dessert for dessert. The earlier in the day you start with that cookie, the more cookies slash sugar you will eat all day guaranteed. So eat your dessert after dinner. An afternoon snack as described, helps you do this. When it is time for dessert, enjoy it with a cup of herbal tea or decaf coffee. I cannot stress this enough. Since dessert is after dinner, assuming you have had your three main ingredients of number one, lean protein, number two, veggies, number three, a plant-based fat, 
plus a serving of starchy carbohydrates, you will not be starving by dessert. However, in order to stick with 100 calories of dessert, have it with a decaf coffee or herbal tea. Acidic beverages are the yin to the sugar yang. Cultures around the world end their meals with a coffee or tea. This slows you down with your dessert and habitually signals that you are done once you do this on a regular basis. Just keep it to decaf coffee or herbal tea. Tip number five, don't drink your sugar. Save it for dessert. Do this by replacing liquid sugar calories with water, coffee, or tea throughout the day. Replacing one sugary drink a day with a substitute is how we transition from sodas, diet or regular energy drinks, or coffees that resemble ice cream shakes. Trying to cut everything out at once usually backfires, so you don't have to go sugar-free and caffeine-free at the same time. Coffee and tea are fine. Adding cinnamon is one way to trick your palate into thinking you are having something sweet. If you can't bear to have your morning coffee with cinnamon minus the added sugar, you could add one tablespoon of real cream instead as long as it has no added sugar. Just know the cream will count as a fat serving on this plan. More on this later. You could also try tea. Most grocery stores now carry a dizzying array of teas with zero sugar. A couple of my favorites are blueberry green and white peach ginger, but I also have many others. There are tons of delicious tea options out there that can be consumed hot or cold. I never add sugar to any of my drinks because I know drinking sugar is basically the fastest way to wear it, except for the following option, and that is my pre-workout drink. Since I teach exercise classes, might go on a three, four mile run, swim or bike for 45 minutes, I have a pre-workout drink. My go-to pre-workout drink is matcha green tea, which is just a form of green tea, with one tablespoon of manuka honey, plus an optional half teaspoon of turmeric. This is the only time I add any type of sugar to any beverage ever. Again, I only add honey pre-workout because I know I have to move after I add it or it will be stored as fat. Over the years, I have tried multiple commercially produced pre-workout drinks that gave me a sugar high with a resulting crash that also made me ready to eat the closest chair after a workout. Instead, my green tea with one tablespoon of honey and optional half teaspoon of ground turmeric gives me the boost I need to compete in a 5K without leaving me starving afterward. Turmeric has too many benefits to list here, but the main reason that I include it is for its suggested anti-inflammatory and anti-cancer benefits. Another drink that helps me not eat sweets in the afternoon but feels like a decadent treat is one tablespoon of coconut butter with a half a teaspoon of raw cacao, or you can just use unsweetened cocoa powder. Mix these two ingredients very well with hot water, and you now have a hot cocoa that takes the edge off of any chocolate craving while giving you an energy boost from the medium-chain fatty acids in the coconut butter. I prefer coconut butter to coconut oil because it has less saturated fat. Tip number six, save your starchy carbs for dinner or after dinner. If you really want the full rationale on why I do this and my take on low carb versus fasting versus keto versus moderate carb, you can download the Faith versus Weight book on Kindle for $3.99 
or you can listen to the short answer, which is that in many people, carbohydrates trigger sugar cravings, even the good carbs like steel-cut oatmeal for breakfast. Because starchy carbs break down into sugars, they can create cravings for sugar all day as well. Besides that, we are eating way too many carbohydrates based on our activity levels. That being said, the plan is not low-carb on purpose. It is a moderate-carbohydrate plan with a twist. I love steel-cut oatmeal, so I have it as an after-dinner snack. If you would rather have a fist-sized baked potato as your starchy carb of choice, then have it with your dinner. A serving of starchy carbohydrates at dinner or after dinner is part of this plan. Tip number seven, hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Mild dehydration levels can affect your mood, and you guessed it, your energy. Drink water when you wake up in the morning and between snacks and meals. I start my day with a half-squeezed lemon and a large glass of room temp water. It gets my system moving and acts as a natural cleanse. If you cannot do citrus, you can try dandelion greens tea. Then I recommend water or unsweetened tea in between meals. I have a cup of coffee with cinnamon with breakfast, but the rest of the day is water or decaf herbal teas as mentioned. There are practically unlimited flavors when it comes to teas. What about dairy? Three servings a day total, no sugar added, either with a meal or snack. Grass-fed is always your best option. I usually recommend two of your three dairy servings, such as low-fat Greek yogurt, low-fat cottage cheese, or string cheese, to be used as the protein for your snacks. This leaves one dairy to have with a meal or as part of an after-dinner snack. If you drink milk, I recommend 2% grass-fed after dinner, since any type of milk can spike your blood sugar, creating sugar cravings all day long if you have it in the morning. Although cream in your coffee or a pat of butter are both considered dairy, they count as a fat on this plan. You can substitute one of your plant-based fats a day at any meal with one of these options. For those who cannot do dairy, you can substitute a dairy serving with an additional 100 calorie servings of nuts to your snacks. So what would a sample day look like? Wake up and hydrate with some lemon water. Grab your Bible and read or listen on your phone. I discuss in later podcasts how listening to the U Bible app while reading changed my biblical experience and my life. You can listen while riding an indoor exercise bike on the treadmill or doing high rep workouts, which I will get into in later podcasts. Breakfast may be a spinach and mushroom omelet cooked in a ceramic nonstick pan with one whole egg and a quarter cup egg white topped with two tablespoons of your favorite melted cheese. Your plant-based fat may be half of an avocado on the side. Mid-morning snack may be a half a cup of strawberries with 100 calories of pistachio and a small plain Greek yogurt. Lunch may be a garden salad loaded with veggies, grilled salmon, and one tablespoon olive oil with apple cider vinegar or lemon. Afternoon snack might be a string cheese or cottage cheese with 100 calories of almonds and a small apple. Dinner might be grilled flank steak with asparagus and a fist-sized baked potato, adding one tablespoon of my favorite Kerrygold light butter as my plant-based fat substitute. As mentioned earlier, you can substitute one plant-based fat a day with one tablespoon butter or cream. And finally, dessert might be one Giardelli dark chocolate square individually wrapped with a cup of mint tea. Again, you can always substitute dairy at snack time with an additional 100 calories of nuts. For example, instead of having a yogurt with 100 calories of nuts and strawberries at snack time, 
You can skip the yogurt and have 200 calories of nuts with your strawberries. This increases the protein content of your snack without adding dairy. In the Faith vs. Weight book, I also address those who are more active. If you already work out every day, you may need a substantial snack after dinner or a larger dinner. Assuming you are regularly working out, how do you know if you need these additional calories or not? First, start out with the recommended three meals and two snacks, adding a fist-sized starchy carb and small dessert for dinner, as described earlier. If you are still hungry a couple of hours after dinner and not just looking to have ice cream because the person sitting next to you is having ice cream at 8.30 p.m., then you can have another starchy carb with a plant-based fat. This may be 100 calories of popcorn with 100 calories of olive oil or 100 calories of oatmeal with 100 calories of nut butter. If you need something more substantial, you might skip your starchy carb for dinner and have two servings after dinner like 200 calories of oatmeal with 100 calories of nut butter. Many people that take medications in the evening also need to have an after-dinner snack with their meds. If you would rather not have a snack after dinner, then just increase your starchy carbs at dinner to one cup totaling 200 calories, and if needed, add an additional plant-based fat. If none of these options are appealing, and you really just want the ice cream, even though you've already had your dinner plus starchy carb plus 100 calorie dessert, then you are probably not legitimately hungry. Remember to buy a 100 calorie ice cream dessert for the future to have on hand for next time as your dessert and just call it a day. If you are not legitimately hungry for a starchy carb and plant-based fat like popcorn with olive oil or oatmeal with nut butter, then have a small cup of herbal tea so that you are not visiting the bathroom all night. This way you can enjoy something soothing. A second dessert is never a good idea. Like I tell my children, if you are hungry, eat real food. If you are just looking for another dessert, go to bed. All of this information is contained in chart format in the appendix of the Faith vs. Weight book for $3.99 on Kindle, along with shortcuts including breakfast smoothies. Week 1 is designed for adults. Week 7 is when we discuss families. In order to help your family, you need to first build momentum. So let's address how you can achieve success even if you are surrounded by people that may not be as excited to eat healthy at this point in time as you are. The Bible says, I, wisdom, have made prudence my dwelling, Proverbs 8.12. In order to make wise choices, you also need prudence to be a part of your home life. So let's wrap up with the following. Number one, go shopping. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. This famous quote attributed to Benjamin Franklin also applies to shopping. At a minimum, you need to go shopping for snacks, even if you eat all of your meals out. This especially applies to travel. Pick up 100 calorie nuts and some low glycemic fruit for your snacks. Maybe apples and some berries with pistachios. If you prefer string cheese or yogurt with your AM and PM snacks, that counts as two of your three servings of dairy, leaving you one for a meal. You will want to have these snacks on hand. This way, if you eat all of your meals out, you will at least have snacks that you've already bought so you don't go into lunch or dinner starving. You don't have to cook, but you do have to have snacks on hand. This is the main reason I don't gain weight when I travel, but this also applies to the days I'm sitting in the carpool line as well. You may also want to buy 100 calorie individually wrapped dark chocolates for dessert, or a similarly satisfying 100 calorie dessert, so you can have it instead of whatever else happens to show up. 
The way to be satisfied with up to 100 calories is to pick a dessert with more fat than sugar, and usually one that is prepackaged as a single item. For example, I am much more satiated with one dark chocolate Giardelli square, relaxing with a cup of mint tea after dinner, than I am shoving a bag of candy corns or cookies down my throat at the checkout. Finally, for meals you do have at home, buy what you will actually eat of the following items. Omega-3 free-range eggs, wild fish like salmon, free-range chicken breast, turkey breast, lean grass-fed beef, along with fresh organic pre-washed and frozen veggies. For your 100 calories of plant-based fats, you can buy olive oil, guacamole, avocado, pesto, and or hummus to name a few. If you are a visual learner, there are breakfast snack and lunch dinner charts in the Faith vs. Weight book on Kindle for $3.99 with more ideas. Number two. Again, the good news is that you only have to follow three main ingredients for your three meals and two snacks. Number one, lean protein. Number two, veggies or fruit. Number three, a plant-based fat. That's it. For dinner, have the same three main ingredients to start. Number one, a lean protein. Number two, veggies. Number three, a plant-based fat. The only difference with dinner is that you get to also add a starchy carb serving like a fist-sized baked potato or have your starchy carb as an after-dinner snack like 100-calorie popcorn. You also get to add up to 100-calorie dessert like a single-serve dark chocolate your daily square with a mint tea. If you are more active or have higher caloric needs, follow the more active tips previously mentioned. There is no deprivation here. Number three, the other big tip is that I do recommend having breakfast before you are in front of the donuts at work since we can already guess the most likely outcome if you don't. I have heard many times that people are not hungry for breakfast, yet there are donut shops in practically every strip mall. Someone is eating all of these donuts. The real reason most people are not hungry for breakfast is because they are up late eating junk at night. You may want to try and stop eating after dinner or have a lighter earlier after dinner snack. Either way, it doesn't matter if you eat breakfast at home or when you get to work in the parking lot. Just eat a faith versus weight breakfast before you are in front of the donuts. A quick breakfast idea is Greek yogurt with two tablespoons of nuts and a half a cup of berry. Preventative eating is taking the edge off of hunger before you are in front of the donuts. Number two, avoid enemy territory. Get rid of any food that tempts you to overeat at home. It doesn't mean goodbye forever, but for now, you are committing to failure if you keep it in the house. It's not worth eroding your self-confidence over. On the other hand, you don't have to go cold turkey on dessert. Avoiding all sugar sounds like a great idea until you start eating sugar again and it becomes an all-out binge. I love sugar challenges as much as the next person. I gave up eating sugar for a year once. No kidding. But when I started eating it again, I had a hard time not binging on it. My 10-year-old at the time finally said, Mom, maybe if you had a little every day for dessert, you wouldn't, I am paraphrasing here, polish off a sleeve of Thin Mints in one sitting out of the mouths of babes. To make life easier, separate junk food from healthy food. If you live with other people who eat cookies and candies and who doesn't, have a separate drawer or shelf for your stuff. You do not need to be harassed by a cookie gauntlet on your way to grab your 100-calorie pistachios. It's also smart to keep your dessert out of sight until it is time for dessert. You don't need to stare at it all day. Every time someone offers you a dessert or you are tempted by sugar all day, every day, as we all are, you can remind yourself that you already have a dessert waiting for you. The nutrition part is simple. 
three days on the faith versus weight diet, and you will have the basic hang of it. Coming up with different combinations in many cases may simply be adjusting timing and amounts of food you're already eating. Although there are many diets, you will never know if this plan is the winner if you don't give it at least three days. You can check out reviews on Amazon.com for faith versus weight if you want to see what others are saying. If you want more energy immediately, get up, get moving. According to Newton's law, a body in motion tends to stay in motion. Jesus said, get up, pick up your mat and walk. John 5, 8. Week one is all about movement. You need to move every single day. A diabetic client offered the advice to move for 15 minutes after each meal to help control blood sugar. At work, get up and walk to the printer, climb stairs between floors, or take a call while pacing around your office. In subsequent chapters, we will dive into movement and how it affects weight management. For now, just get up, especially after meals and snacks, and get moving. Do not stress about losing weight the first week or even expect it. Your body may go into shock just from eating healthier. Faith versus weight is the opposite of diets where you lose a ton of weight the first week and then slow down. It's better to be underwhelmed the first week but thrilled for a lifetime. Focus instead on your energy. You can use a scale once a week or pick a piece of clothing you try on weekly to measure your progress. The latter is what I recommend. Do not make the scale your false god. This plan has been tried and tested through multiple adult focus groups and has been the easiest way for my clients to curb their cravings, improve their blood work, and make their weight loss a reality. After three days, you will start craving healthier foods. You were made to enjoy real food. Give it three days. Begin implementing what you have learned this week by going shopping, then start eating. Don't forget to hydrate. Give yourself a full week to adapt to this change in eating. This is not a pass-fail. This is about progress. The next six podcasts will help you succeed. Finally, if you are interested in journaling your emotions throughout this process, the Faith vs. Weight book on Kindle for $3.99 has ideas in the Change Your Life section. I can't wait to hear how this podcast series changes your life. Join the Faith vs. Weight podcast group on Facebook, a place for Faith vs. Weight podcast listeners to share their journey. If you enjoy these podcasts, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. They are based on excerpts from my book, Faith vs. Weight, available at Amazon, the Prestonwood Bookstore, and Barnes & Noble, Beltline Road, Dallas. Thank you for listening to Faith vs. Weight, reminding you that you already have victory in Christ. To keep up with Maria's class offerings, speaking engagements, or just to follow Maria on social, check out mariabauer.com. Consult your physician before starting any weight loss or exercise program.